Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. I'm Dr. Jay Calvert, and today I'm here with Dr. Millicent Ravello on a very lovely Saturday, actually. We're doing a Saturday podcast. It is, and it is a very lovely Saturday because this is the first Saturday in, like, I don't know, all of 2023 that the sun is actually out. That's true. So we are enjoying it. And we have a lovely Saturday with a lovely patient. We do. Of yours. Yes, we have Marie here with us today. Marie has been most gracious to join us to talk about her facelift experience. So welcome. Thank you, Marie. Thank you. I'm glad to be able to do this. Yeah, we're excited to hear your story and kind of how you you know a came to want to do this number one and then mm-hmm. what was it like going through it so we'll, okay. we'll kind of hit all the highlights yeah great that's my goal I just wanted to give people information just you know a lot of times people don't talk about this and I think it you know to be normalized and no shame and you know yeah we agree spread the information <laughs> well we can people. start by you look awesome so, <laughs> thank you you know thank I you. mean I think Dr. Ravello kind of knocked it out of the park so that's a that's good news because yeah. uh, I'm I'm next. I, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I guess you were the uh, the Calvert guinea pig. Yeah, so he does. Like, he checks out my facelift yeah, patients, and he's like, right, "Okay, yeah, 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 you can you can <laughs> do me now." Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. it looks amazing. Oh, Are you, you happy with the results? I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with it. There are still some things that I wish kind of were different, like just this zone right here. Mm. Still an improvement. You know, oh, yeah, I would yeah. still. I think I would still do it again, and I. You've also told me, you know, that it's still changing, you know, because it, it's every day up until about two weeks ago, I feel like it's a different face I wake up to in the morning. You know, it does take a long time to heal. Yeah. And we're still we're still in the early phase. So um, well, let's well, let's back up. Let's start yeah, over yeah, from sorry. The- I'm a little, <laughs> a little tangential here. That's OK. Keep How did you come to? you know, A, start thinking about doing the face. Mm-hmm. What were you seeing in your face that you were like, you know what, I think I gotta do something. Yeah, I had thought about it probably, so I'm 56, and I thought about it probably around 52, and then 54 is when I really started noticing some changes. Um, and somewhere between 52 and 54, I had a consultation with another surgeon who just thought it was too soon. He pulled up my face and said, well, would this look okay? And I was like, no, it's a really bad look. I'll just wait. Mm. So then I was I came to see you for another uh, type of consultation, mm-hmm. um, something else, and uh, we had a great rapport. You're super informative, just really great. And so as I was getting ready to leave, I said, "So, what about this? Is there anything <laughs> I can do about this?" Expecting to hear, "No, you know, go get some filler." And you you went. Mm. <laughs> it was so funny. That's what you did. You went. Hmm. <laughs> Why yes, and I was very interested. So that was that was. Um, I think that appointment was over the summer, mm. and then I thought about it. And here's where um, these are the words I heard: refreshed, mini. There are a few words where it's like, oh, this is just going to be like sculptra or something. <laughs> natural. Exactly natural. You hear these things, and yeah. so. As a psychologist, you know, there's this thing called confirmation bias, which is where you filter things either by, you know, some kind of internal bias, either something you want to hear 
or want to see or something maybe you really don't want to hear or see. So that's it can interfere with communication and things like that. And I think we should add that you are a psychologist. Oh, yeah. She did not just Google these terms, listeners. <laughs> she actually is quite knowledgeable about what she speaks, which is what makes yeah. her experience really insightful because okay. you can analyze your own experience sort of from that standpoint. So I'm sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I just wanted to give some background yeah. you know, in terms of what you're talking about. So go on, the yeah. bias. Yeah, that's great. And also, I mean, to a certain extent, I think I'm far enough away from the surgery to now start to analyze it, right? Because mm. it's really hard to even cut your own hair if you're a hairdresser, <laughs> you know? So yeah. yeah, I'm bringing some of that, but it, it has taken a little bit of time, but yeah, yeah, but we can chat a little bit more about that. Yeah, but no, yeah. Uh, continue on with your story. So we talked about it. This yeah. was back in the summertime. And then you went home and you thought about yeah. it. Went on a surf trip, really yep. thought about it. I was just ending the, uh, I was just coming towards the end of a sabbatical. And I mm -hmm. was about to take a clinical position. Um, so I was incorporating this into the plan. So then came back and saw you again in October. And... Um, that's when we, you know, really started discussing, you know, okay, this is what's involved. Because it was the end of your session, you know. <laughs> you spent so much time with me. So anyway, um, but I did get an estimate just in case, along with the other things. Um, and so that was when reality started setting in, you know, and, and seeing, you know, the, the handouts that you gave me, really, you know, the informed consent and all of that. And by that time, I was, I was pretty decided. But your confidence, you know, was just, oh, you know, in fact, you talked me off the ledge where I was thinking, I don't, I don't know, maybe it's too soon. And you, you just have this look <laughs> and you're like, you know, I think it could be really good. You know, in your, in your, I've seen great. that look. Just, <laughs> that, that comes through. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like if you, yeah. You think this should happen. Exactly. In a very subtle but persuasive way. <laughs> yes. But yeah. And so I was just very confident in you anyway. You're so amazing, meticulous. <clears throat> yeah. So that is, it was kind of an evolution. However, it was something that I, I had on my radar. I knew I was going to do it eventually because. For me personally, I'm not going to go down without a fight. You know, I've had other treatments and things like that. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to give it a go. Right. And then there's a time, you know, where, you know. So let's but, touch briefly then, because I do want to touch about that. Because we had another patient here um, a few weeks ago talking about sort of the things she had done before she got to her mm -hmm. facelift. Yeah. So um, what other things had you done before in this fight that you had? <laughs> I know, right? Oh my what gosh. else have you had you attempted or tried or done before? Mm-hmm. And this is for youthfulness, not... For youthfulness, correct. Okay. I won't touch on anything else. That's just not my first aging. time at the rodeo. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. So I started the... Um, when I was young, you know, I believe in um, being proactive, right? Trying to intervene early so that, you know, the skin is still lax. Still has good quality, yeah. 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 Laxity, is that what you call it? Mm -hmm. Or is that the opposite? Elasticity. Yeah. Elasticity. Oh, right, laxity is the opposite, right? Yeah. You don't want that. Okay. <sighs> so, yeah, so I had tried, you know, when I was in my late 30s, Filler, Botox. Then um, when I was in my 40s, I did Ulthera, Sculptra. Um, I, I surf, so I don't do a lot of laser things if I can avoid it. You know, when I was younger, I did a few of those. But I really liked the Ulthera for a while, but pretty soon the effects, you know, weren't as, as, as dramatic. dramatic. Yeah. yeah. First, it seemed like a miracle. Yeah, and then I have a picture that I pulled out. I think I showed you when, in one of our visits where I had 
so much filler and it just happens kind of slowly over time you know you get a little more and a little more and it was not a good look and then you don't recognize your face mm -hmm. anymore yeah. after a while sits like it, it's additive I, I think you know people say oh it dissolves after this amount of time i'm not sure that it does dissolve at some set amount of time yeah no. i agree and i it agree. kind of layers in there yeah and my upper lip and i was aging so i thought oh this is part of aging i better just accept this is the new me and my lip was so heavy that it, it kind of really dropped dropped yeah i thought oh i better look into a lip lift and then i read about all the potential complications and i don't know i didn't didn't want that so i actually went to somebody who said oh we need to put more filler in that uh, yeah and i was like i don't i think i'm gonna wait i'm gonna yeah, yeah. yeah and so then i went to um uh somebody that had been doing filler in the past and she said oh honey that's got to come out so she took it out and i still feel like i have filler in other places that i would rather not. i'm sure you do yeah. it, it sticks around it, it for sits, a while for yeah. sure and so that's kind of i probably I'm, I'm don't remember if we touched on this or not in our consultation is that when you sort of get to a certain stage the fillers and the old therapies and everything sort of taps out and mm -hmm. If you really want to get that more youthful, refreshed, rejuvenated look, you kind of have to go for the facelift because anything else you try is not going to give you what you're looking for mm -hmm. and it's going to make you look even weirder. So mm -hmm. that's, maybe I don't know if I communicated yeah. that or not with you. sure you, did. But that's why what, that's what when you were yeah. saying like, oh, maybe I could try something else. I probably did one of these things. Like, ooh. Yes. I don't know if you should do that, that cute though. little face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he did. And yeah. I was so tired of, you know, it's like death becomes her, right? But you think you have to do this and then that and then something else looks out of whack. And and so yeah, I was, I'm so tired of fillers. And like, yeah. I, I think I still have some residual stuff here, you know, but I do like a little bit of Botox here and mm -hmm. I'm yeah, just trying to keep great. it as minimal as possible. So that was super appealing right. about, about the mini facelift is wow, to not have to do this again for 10 years would be really nice. And when we were talking about the mini facelift, what that meant was mini or lower. So that is the incisions that are gonna go around the front of the ears, mm -hmm. underneath, and then behind a little ways. There's also one under the chin. And that's different than what might be considered a full facelift, mm -hmm. which adds an additional incision in the brow to get the brow and the mid face. And you didn't need all of that. Mm -hmm. You just really, your concerns um, correct me if I'm wrong, were your jawline mm -hmm. and the neck, sort of losing yeah. that definition there. Yeah, yeah. Had a killer jawline, you know, when I was younger. And, what and you do now. Yeah, but um, I have this genetic thing here that, of course, my eyes just probably, in my mind, magnifies it. But yeah, so I have these little pooches right here. And um, I was hopeful that that could be eliminated but you explained to me early on that this is tricky in here just these little things so we're still working on it we're doing still a project yeah yeah because yeah, then after you get all the things that you can do with the lift then you get into it with morpheus and you get into it with the some skin Botox tighteners and, yeah yeah that's sort of the key because uh i think really the limitations for your face from my standpoint is the sun damage and you know mm. surfing has not made your skin mm -hmm. soft and supple and wonderful it makes it you know sort of tough because you yeah. have sun beating down on it all the time and that time. that is why um in facelifting there's always that either preconditioning with mm -hmm. lasers or or microneedling radio frequency like a, a morpheus or a potenza um and then there's the post-op 
And I can tell you, my, my patients look good at a year, but they look way better at two years. Really? Yes. Okay. And yeah. That, <laughs> that's because we kind of get them on the, on the program. Uh, and it's like the facelift okay fine we got rid of the jowls we got rid of the neck stuff that's yeah. hanging down we got rid of the excess skin mm -hmm. but now you gotta kind of you gotta polish it you gotta you yeah. gotta really buff it out and get everything <laughs> to look really amazing and yeah. that that makes a huge difference because mm -hmm. i mean your jawline's killer and i see the perioral stuff that you're thinking about mm -hmm. and there's you know obviously dr ravella will get into that with you with potentially fat grafting or a lip lift and mm -hmm. you know the uh those things are all really nice to do especially mm -hmm. if you kind of you know walk towards it a little bit you don't have to you know go for broke and, mm -hmm. and you know try to go all in on on you know your first hand in the in the casino with that stuff you yeah. can sort of walk towards well how about this how about that and that's yeah. why you know again we always say find a plastic surgeon you can work with who you are confident that they're going to make good decisions yeah. with you so that you get what you're looking for yeah yeah and i i think sticking with somebody is a really good idea because oh, yeah. people have different sense of aesthetics and communication styles and you think that you've agreed on something and there's, yeah. a, little, yeah. there's a little confirmation bias you know, yeah. on both parts. Yeah. But what you said earlier is that you went for that other consultation and you said, well, what do you think of this? And clearly that's the vector that that surgeon was going to lift for you and go, was going to make you look like some that was going to, you were going to get like the mantis lift or the alien yes. lift, yeah. you know, or some sort of bizarre vector. And people yeah. do not understand that every surgeon has a different aesthetic eye. Mm. Everyone, how Dr. Mm -hmm. Vello saw your face, this is what you get. Yeah. You know, if I did it, it'd probably be a lot like it since we sort of work together a lot. <laughs> but but it, it would still be different yeah. because, and that's why you pick somebody that is, you know, you look at their before and after photos, and you go, you know what? I like that. Mm -hmm. That's that's what I got going on. And, yeah. and you know, I, I see your facelift, and I easily could have done this because it's the vectors that that we sort of believe make people look natural, make them look really uh, beautiful. Yeah. Get the jawline back. Don't look like a praying mantis. Right. Don't look like an alien. You know, don't look like you know some sort of you know Stay puff marshmallow man with over, <laughs> over yeah. fat grafting. Yeah. Because some oh. people pump so much fat into the oh. face, it looks yeah. wacko. You know, mm -hmm. it's just really strange to to us yeah there are p patients seeking that mm -hmm. and there are surgeons that are that are giving that as a result and yeah. everybody's happy yeah no i think that's the one thing about my my procedure is it looks so natural even to me and even through these weird morphing phases and even you know when i went to um get a little bit of botox you know from the dermatology place i go to the woman doing it couldn't believe it. You know, yeah. she was just, oh my god, it's so natural. And of course, she told me the story of like an alien face, and you know, and so yeah, she took your info and <laughs> we'll see spreading her. the word. <laughs> because, there you yeah. go. Yeah, that's well, what you so, want. So then, tell us a little bit about um, the whole experience of you coming in. So you, yeah. you know, you thought about it. We had our consults. You wanted to sign up. You signed up. You got your surgery date. Mm -hmm. Um, walk us through a little bit how you know that day of surgery was for you and the first few days afterwards okay yeah so like I said I, I thought that I was really prepared I was about as prepared as I could be and um, it was such a nice experience I have to say you guys have beautiful offices the lighting was so nice it was a good time of morning you know we saw each other in the morning and then you have a, a nurse here is it Joan 
Joan. Oh. Joan, Joanie Joan. She's, <laughs> she's the best. She's rad. Like, she she's, is. That is the word for her. Yeah. <laughs> super down to earth, super relaxed, very matter of fact. And she just calmed me down because I was, I was nervous. But just it, by being in her presence, you know, she's just a cool person. And so that was a really great way to start. And, you know, seeing you and loved your anesthesiologist too. He was a yes, hoot. He's great. Are they all like, they're all great. Fun. Yes. I, mean, I don't think I've been an anesthesiologist who didn't have kind of an edge or was fun. Oh, the anesthesiologist? Yeah. Yeah, I think it has something to do with the fact that they, you know, I don't think they put people, get people to sleep. high for a, yeah. They get them high for a living. They give drugs or the candy man. They're, yeah. Anesthesiologists in general yeah. are pretty yeah. cool people. Yeah. And so. then, yeah, then your surgery, you know, mm-hmm. took however long it took. You went to an aftercare facility. I did. Yes. Um, which we always recommend aftercare is, you know, mm-hmm. usually in this area, a fancy hotel with a nurse that takes care of you. Yeah. And that's just really great to have for that first night just mm-hmm. to make sure that you're well taken care of absolutely and then you went home after that yeah. so tell us about how your post-op recovery was once you got home well it was um you know i was mostly numb i had another procedure that actually was a bit the healing process with that was a, a little bit more, more. Yes. yeah but the face you know there was there was some discomfort i was initially numb and um the pain didn't start you know, really until maybe a couple days later. And that's okay. when there was more swelling, sure. too. That's, you know, right. like eek. Yeah, and I had the little bandage on my head. and Yes. Yeah. But it was, it was pretty, you know, um, it was pretty numb. Um, as it started healing, it became more uncomfortable. And it really hurt kind of back here. Mm. I mean, zero to ten scale, I would say seven to six behind the ears behind the ears yeah and there's a little scarring back there but remember we had that little complication oh Um, yes that's right yeah yes you were you know we had some a little bit of a wound healing yeah issue on day seven but then that resolved and went away oh yeah yeah Yeah, you did a great job (laughs) i loved watching your hands just so (laughs) meticulous i was just like i I told Ariel, I said, I love her hands. She goes, well, she's a surgeon. So anyway. Um, this is a good surgeon. Oh. This Dr. Ravello's got, she's got game. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, that that's really, when we talk about technique a lot, because mm. results in, in surgery really, it comes from the assessment, you know, the diagnostic procedure, you know, when you're making the diagnosis, yeah. and then the plan that you make accordingly, but then it's how you execute the plan. Mm-hmm. And it has to be executed flawlessly in order to get great results. Yeah. And technique is huge, and especially in facelift surgery. It's really key. And I bet. She's so, got it. This yeah. one's all right. Yeah. Just well, beautiful. It's pretty good. Seriously, beautiful. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So then, you know, there were, it, it just it's interesting because each follow-up visit that I had with you, I needed to see you at that time. You know, I was just getting close to the ledge. How many times have you talked me off the <laughs> yes, ledge? There's been a few. And so well, let's talk about that because yeah. um, I think that is really um, part and parcel of any plastic surgery mm-hmm. is that you have these moments of like, what did I do? What was I thinking? Oh yeah, that's true. And so yeah. kind of walk us through, you know, what started, what happened after week one? Like what, what was, mm-hmm. what were the concerns that you were having? Yes, okay, so the first recovery week, that was, that was really challenging. I spent a lot of time in bed. I was tired. My body was fatigued. I was bruised. It was painful. I was glad that ahead of time I got a lot of jammies because I stayed in them. Um, I think it was one, about one week later, I had um, my girlfriend Ariel over for jammies and videos, which is about all I could muster. I was pretty tired. And she looked at me, and this is like a week, and she said, 
oh great now you look younger than me and i was like oh, yeah, that's pretty good and ariel is she's subs- she's she's younger she's about 10 12 years younger than <laughs> yes. me and she's gorgeous so i definitely took that as a compliment because it was sincere like oh man <laughs> i mean i would go out with her in the past and i remember somebody one time said oh is this your mother and looked at me and that was my reaction i was like oh she and my other friend had to talk me down i was like did this really totally. just happen yeah. yeah so to have her say oh great Mm-hmm. That'll get you. That'll get then, you on in your car and on the way to the plastic surgeon's office. And that'll get the next one in. Yeah. <laughs> so then it was at about week two, where I had a, a dermatology thing, and and Taya, the woman that does it, was just saying, "Oh my gosh, let me look at her page." And she just was really impressed. And even at that point, I was pretty swollen. Yeah. Um, so I would say, and that is when kind of this morphing happens. And in this L magazine article. She calls it the baby alien phase. And it, you know, she's, and I, you just can't look in the mirror too much. Right. You have to take really good care of yourself. I have to say, your pamphlet is the best. Oh, good. Oh, my gosh. It told me, okay, at which week would I want to be reducing this or adding that? And I really, I really good. found that super helpful. Yeah. Um, anyway, so it, it was just kind of, front and center for a while you know like I thought it would be pretty breezy again you know that that bias that we have but I also started a job about one week later right because my surgery was the fourth and then I started a new job that clinical job on November 14th so that's an extra stress mm-hmm yeah yeah and it also put a lot of strain on my neck Mm. Um, where I, that's where the pain started. Got it. Because I'm sitting, you know, at a desk looking up at a screen and typing and my whole body. So actually, I got a physical therapist, more for the, you know, just kind of healing yeah. and stuff for the other one. But um, she helped me a lot with my neck, gave me some stretches, did a lymphatic massage that was really helpful. Um, so, but I, I could do it. Like you, you didn't really see all the bruising. I really liked keeping the bandages on because it just kind of kept it nice and tight Mm we'll support yeah Yeah. that feels good Mm -hmm. and then at what point did you kind of feel like you were starting to see your face come in again about two weeks ago okay (laughs) yeah and we're what now three months out so yeah something like that yeah Yeah. but no there would be days and um where i'd be like this looks good you know and and then other days where you know also i retain water i'm really sensitive to salt for some reason Mm -hmm. and so that would show up under here some swelling yeah Yeah. you know so it's 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 variable but i'd say at least for you know the past i'd say for the past month i've been like okay okay even actually i've got some pictures from december and i i looked good i just didn't look like me i think that's the thing yeah, right. that that's it. I that's mean, the thing. Yeah, you look good, and everyone who's looking at you from the outside world is telling you how good you look, but you don't look like yourself, and it's a hard thing to yes. kind of wrap your your mind around. Mm-hmm. But we've talked about this before with facelifts. I mean, they continue to improve. You know, up to nine months to a year, you're going to yeah. still see changes right. and tightening in the skin. Yeah. So even if you you know love how you look at three months or you look really good, it is going to keep getting better mm-hmm. over the next six months or so. So that's the true. face continues to evolve which I think is something that's really important to know and understand. And you had some thoughts on that too, sort of from a clinical psychologist standpoint about Mm -hmm. 
you know, what to do with your mind when your thoughts start yeah. coming exactly. in. Yeah, what do you do with that? That's, yeah, yeah. That's I mean, one. if you had, I mean, obviously you yeah. experience it yourself, but if you had a patient coming to you mm-hmm. in your position, what would you tell them? Well, you know, I, I work from uh, a perspective called dialectical behavior therapy. It's DBT. So it integrates mindfulness uh, and the, the objective is emotional regulation. Right. Mm. So um, there's one thing that they call middle path. And so I had to do a lot of self-validation, which instead of judging myself on one side, you know, of, of the continuum and then just being in full denial on the other, I had to be very validating. Like, yeah, this hurts. And you trust your surgeon. You can get in touch. You know, this is part of the process. So both are true. Right. So you kind of have to honor both of those things Mm -hmm. um you know also coping ahead so cope ahead plan is more like how am i going to cope emotionally with things that may come up it's not like a logistical plan okay so who's my support team who -hmm. can i call who can i talk to if i just need to vent about how swollen my face is or how bad i feel or i'm so tired or you know things like that you know even though people can plan ahead things come up and if it's not a surgery complication like shortly after my surgery my father um had a cardiac event and became very ill yeah he's 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 pretty good now good yeah but for most of november and december Mm -hmm. i actually i was his caregiver oh geez yeah so those things happen right now so i I really have to be gentle with yourself and it's really easy to judge yourself like what did i do you know i I see that yeah i bet you see that a lot yep it's it's kind of like we and we tell people like for the first you know three or four weeks after you do this you're going to be wondering what what was i thinking you know why did i do this but you know it's like anything i think if you if you want to get those those great results you really have to kind of go there with yourself and say all right well I have to go through the process exactly. of undergoing this operation and the healing part, and and it's tough, and especially the the trust portion is really key. The trust, I think, is oh, yeah. yeah. And that's why you know yeah. having Dr. Ravello there for you is is really key because she's you know she was your sort of like your guide who's like I yeah. got it, it's gonna be all right, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you can see that you know I see I see when I get phone calls a week after surgery from some patient that had, you know, a facelift somewhere else or a mm-hmm. rhinoplasty and one of my patients calls me, my friend had had this done and it doesn't look right. Mm. That's a failure of their surgeon to get them prepared for the for the operation. And yeah. I then I do the job and mm-hmm. I say, It's okay, it looks fine, you're gonna be okay. Call your surgeon, please. Yes. You know? Yes. And that's really where it is because that that just shows that at that one week point if they're calling their friends and their friends are and they can't like I can't get in touch with my gut whatever mm-hmm. that that shows that they didn't do that prep and I think that's really an important part so you said our paperwork kind of did all that for you oh yeah and, and Dr. Ravello did yeah it. you helped yes. me to have realistic expectations yeah and, we, and yeah. I saw you a bunch which I do with, with most yes. of my patients so you that hopefully never get to the phase where you feel like you're out on your own on a limb mm. somewhere I was like no no I want to see you in two weeks that was actually that was one of the something that really impressed me 
and it helped so much because so often you have a procedure and you don't see the doctor again. You know, I mean, and not you, here. <laughs> yeah, no, that we watched the wounds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you did. <laughs> okay, good. I'm going to be back in two hours. Come back in. Oh, yeah, it does look better. As a matter of fact, yes, exactly. And we honest, do. Yeah, no, that was amazing. And good. so many people don't do that. So that's part of the trust. Yeah, thing. no, yeah. So, yeah, you gotta, you gotta have your support, and I think that's really critical. And I saw you. I mean, I watched you go through those few months, and each time it was a little bit better, a little bit better. Yeah, and you were able to really sort of analyze and control your emotions and mm-hmm. it was really it was a it was interesting to watch watch your your emotional yeah. transitions and journeys because you really did each time was a little bit better yeah there's kind of a different theme i guess to probably each week probably and, you know, what was coming up yeah. yeah yeah i had a coordinator uh when i first started my practice and she would tell the patients if you want to have an easy time with this operation get some sh- extra sheets mm-hmm. cover all the mirrors in the house for three weeks <laughs> And then at three weeks, take take those sheets off and you'll like what you see. Yeah. If you look before that, it's going to look funky. Yeah. And that's the truth. Yes. Yes. And in fact, there, yeah, there was a phase where it just looked funky and then yep. it started looking better. Yeah. yeah. That's for real. Well, let's go through your list. Let's, yeah, do, let's, your do, your and, oh, let's do your do's and don'ts. I, I'm, I'm but, curious. Do, do I need are. to add this to my packet? I feel like <laughs> <laughs> my patient packet. Yeah. <laughs> So the first don't is don't keep looking. Mm. Um, mm. Just don't look in the mirror. You know, give it some time. Another don't is to give yourself enough time to heal. I started a job, you know, very soon after having the procedure, and um, I wish I'd have given myself maybe anywhere between three and five days. That's pretty, That's pretty soon. aggressive. <laughs> That's pretty soon. Yeah. I know, right? Maybe longer. Actually, I, don't know. I usually tell patients. Take two weeks to be a patient, three if you can. Mm. But if you can do two weeks to be a patient, it really helps. Ten days is sort of a minimum. I, I had one gal get her facelift, and she went back to work in you know city hall like a week after, and she did it. Mm-hmm. Um, but ten days to two weeks is sort of a, a really nice time for a facelift. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. I, I kind of wish I'd done that. Um, if you're going to have a romantic partner care for you, I don't advise it. <laughs> It's a don't. It's a don't. A big don't. I always say the daddies make the worst nurses. Yeah, <laughs> and they I, do. And I guess that, I, 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 but I bet the moms might be good nurses for the husbands, and then the partners. I think you just ha- you have to know your partner. Yeah, you have to know your partner. I have yeah. had seen, seen some amazing male partners, so I don't yes. want a blanket statement. That's true. But you just gotta know, you gotta know who you're asking. Um, do's. Um, so what I put was really helpful was your pre and post surgery breakdown. Oh, good. What you okay. expect. A do is just manage your expectations again and again and again. You're gonna have to keep doing it. Stay in and touch with yourself. Yeah, yeah. Or no. call your therapist or, or you guys. You know? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Also know that um, unexpected things can come up. Like I said, my dad got sick. That's something mm. you really can't account for. Right. Yeah. So maybe having that backup of support mm-hmm. team that you mentioned. Absolutely. Yeah. If if my dad had gotten sick a week earlier, my family and I talked about how we wouldn't have known what we would have done. Oh wow. Yeah. So um, you know, again, beware of what we call the. Um, confirmation bias it happens so easily where you hear you filter information that's what you want to hear of course so, yeah that was like even though you were telling me okay this is what to expect right i was hearing mini refreshed um you know all these things and then it wasn't until i really had to sit down and 
talk it over with you when our our real appointment happened for the right. procedure. Um, you know, so also it can go the opposite direction. I remember I talked to you and I was like, remember, this is worse. And then we dispelled that. So yeah, I think those are some of the things just to you know plan ahead and it does take time to heal and a sense of humor. Do you have a sense of humor? I won't operate on somebody if they don't have a sense of humor. That's very important. If is they, there is if there they like don't a laugh in the consultation because I'm yeah. not funny, but like mm-hmm. if I can't make them laugh. Yeah, uh, it's something stupid. Yeah, then I, I can't operate on. It's, it's there, a is, there is there is something some too that, that just, there are some people I walk out of the room and I just look at my assistant and I go. <laughs> no, yeah, just no. Just, like they, they can't. They, they can't quite grasp what yeah, this is. Yeah. They're so yeah. locked in internally. They can't process like mm. what's happening around them. Yeah. And I don't know what, it's probably a better way. I mean, probably have a better way of describing oh, yeah. that, but clinically, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's a term for it. Yeah. But, um, but there is something to that. I think having a sense of humor is mm-hmm. always helpful and gets you through some of those darker times for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, what would you tell a friend of yours thinking about having a facelift? I would say to to consider it. You know, uh, you know, uh, my sister's now thinking about it. You might hear from her, but yeah, just to be very thoughtful. You know, really try not to let your own hopes interfere with what the reality is of what the procedure can do. Right. Mm-hmm. Find a good surgeon, somebody that you get along with, that you've seen their work and that is hopefully as, as good as you, that shares a sense of aesthetics? If you are. Okay, he's yeah, really he's very generous. Aww. I don't know, <laughs> it's not my first time at the rodeo. You know, so, um, yeah, and, and really to, um, I would say go for it, generally, you know? Um, it's a process, I mean, talk to me in a few more months, and, and I'm sure I'll probably be more enthusiastic, you know, but it's a process. And I'm, I'm yeah. pretty happy, as you can see. So it's yeah, and you look great, yeah. fantastic, Thank and you. it's going to get even better. I mean, it is only three months. I mean, this is really. I tell yeah. people don't even take a picture till five months to really make a comparison because you still have the fresh edema, yeah. the swelling from the from the procedure. Yeah, at five months, it's it's down enough that you can kind of assess, mm-hmm. and then you can start getting into things like doing you know some skin tightening and resurfacing. Yeah. And I think the resurfacing will really help you. I and mean, Dr. Ravel has got all those you know, tricks up her sleeve to really make this look amazing. I mean, it it already looks great. Thank you. Um, The before and afters, I'm sure, are spectacular. I'm sure you've kind of looked at them and been like, oh, okay, I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess then that's the take home message is it's gonna take time. Yeah. It takes time. And enjoy the process, go through it. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's it's actually, I don't regret it. It's it's been front and center for a while, you know, but no, it's, it's, it's been, it's been pretty cool too. That's you awesome. Know? Yeah. Well, Marie, thank you so much. Your insights have been very helpful. You're welcome. And we've certainly appreciated having you on and sharing them. Um, so unless you have anything else, I think we are all set. This is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast coming to you from the 90210. If you like what you heard on the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast and want to get in touch with either Dr. Ravello or myself, 
This is how to do it. You can reach me at the website, ravelloplasticsurgery.com. You can reach out to the office directly through the website with any questions or consult requests, or you can call the office directly at 310-954-1355. And you can reach me on Instagram at ravelloplasticsurgery. And to reach me, the phone number is 310-777-8800. My website is drcalvert.com, drcalvert.com. Instagram, Dr. J. Calvert. And of course, you may want to check out our YouTube channel for the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast, which is simply that, Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. Hope to see you all in the office very soon. Mm